Hello and welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. And as promised last episode, we are going to be continuing on with the story with Captain Marvel from Captain Marvel 59 to 61. And again, as promised, Essie Fleenor and Sarah Sentry are back. Hello. Hello. See, there they are. <laughs> I was gonna sing a song about "Hello, Drax, my old friend." Oh wait, do people remember that we're we're hanging out with my my BFF Drax? <laughs> well, just in case they forgot, we're definitely gonna remind them throughout this episode because Drax does not <laughs> go away. This is the Marvel and Drax show for the rest of the run, and I'm right. here for it. I they wouldn't have it any other way. way. I do kind of think they're boyfriends, to be honest. Like, there's moments where I'm like, aw. <laughs> cute breaking down your defenses Drax yeah <laughs> I will kill you or do I mean kiss uh, they will serve K one of the two it's Drax <laughs> he gets confused very easily that's true <laughs> any the incarnation cl- of Drax that's one constant throughout all of them confused very easily <laughs> <laughs> Captain Marvel 59 the trouble with Titan Writer, Doug Mensch. Pencils, Pat Broderick. Inker, Bruce Patterson. Colors, Bob Sharon. Letters, Clem Robbins. Cover art, Pat Broderick and Bob Wyacek. Editor, Roger Stern. Cover dated November 1978. On sale date, August 22nd, 1978. With a cover price of 35 cents. You can find this reprinted in Titans number 25, a 1980 French reprint. Guardians of the Galaxy Solo Classic Omnibus, a 2015 reprint. Marvel Masterworks Captain Marvel Volume 6, a 2016 reprint. And digitally on Comixology, well, presumably now, <laughs> and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Marvel and Drax are discussing the nature of their alliance as they fly through space towards Titan. Drax is there to crush any possible legacy of Thanos, while Marvel is there to help out Eros and Mentor, and also because he doesn't fully trust Isaac. They arrive on Titan to find Mentor and Eros under attack by giant spiders in a tree. Drax and Marvel are able to free them, barely, and our heroes find out the two Titans were captured while on their way to try and free the rest of the citizens, who are being held captive in the root system of this tree of eternity. While on the way down, some of the things they say seem odd to Marvel, so he quizzes Eros and realizes that he and Drax have rescued imposters. Upon discovery, these imposters turn into lumpy, mucks, not creatures who work for uh, Lord Gaia. Meanwhile, in Isaac's main control center, where all the Titans, including the real Eros and Mentor, are being held, Isaac is relaying Marvel and Drax's location to Celerax. Celerax was created by Isaac in the Life Baths, as per Thanos' command. Isaac sends Celerax off to their primary objective and leaves command of their forces on Titan to Elysius. Celerax flies off in a ship to an outpost on Saturn, to pick up Thanos' men, and they head off to their primary objective, Earth. Underneath the Tree of Eternity, Marvel and Drax find Lord Gaia, the Earth God, and his army of Earth demons, and the fight starts. Back on the ship, Stellarax reveals his plans to conquer Earth and Titan, not in the name of Thanos or Isaac, but for himself. And Marvel and Drax learn from Lord Gaia that the entire moon of Titan has been set up to be a trap to keep them busy while the conquest of Earth happens. So. so it's still Marvel Spaceborn Superhero, the new Captain Marvel with number 59, and it's Trouble on Titan. And it has um, Marvel and Drax fighting against a nondescript legion of humanoids. Yeah, the mud people, I think. Yeah. There's kind of a, a, a bunch of different, actually pretty cute aliens in this run. Like, I like the little green people with just the huge eye. I'm oh, like, yeah. adorable. Love it. At the end, at one point, like at the end of this run, which we'll we'll get to in the, the third episode we're joining you for, there's this point where Marvel is just squishing a pink one <laughs> against, like, control panels. And I was just like, oh, that one's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Drax have their little chat at the beginning. Yes, because, you know, that's what you do when you're in space. You chat. Stop real quick. Let's make sure we're on the same page. (laughs) 
We're going to go fight I, Thanos' people, and then you're going to kill me, right? Then you kill yeah. Okay, afterwards. Deal. Sure. I really like the the way space is illustrated in this, though. Like, it's it's really... It's not, like, all black. It's not, you know, too many stars. But there's, like, enough for there to feel like there's almost a texture to space, which mm-hmm. is obviously not true. But I was like, you know what? I like it. Approve. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a thing about Marvel Cosmic I always like, but they make the space look livable. I guess livable is the best word to use for it. Mm. Or, um... I don't know what I'm looking for. Some kind of picturesque, maybe. Ooh, it I like that. Really pretty. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, this is just one of those comics where the whole time I'm like, I, you know, buckle up because we're just going through scenario to scenario, right? <laughs> like <laughs> this is like insanity to insanity. They're chatting in space, and then they end up on a planet? Question mark. And then there's spider creatures? Question mark. Question mark. They yeah. are eating people? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. But not and the people we think it is. Question mark. Question mark. Exactly. Well, yeah, because yeah. they're going to Titan, and apparently Titan to, I guess, to avoid making it look unlike actual science, where by this point we're like, we can see Titan, you know, the moon of Saturn from here. We know there's nothing on it. It's like, oh, they're underneath. Because I don't know why they wanted to be underneath, but they are. So underneath they have a whole world. It's like that whole it's like the whole was it um hollow earth theory. <laughs> right. <laughs> In case anyone they watched Congress Godzilla. Godzilla. Inside. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what this is. Like Titan is all hollow earth. So inside it's a whole lush paradise world. Because yeah. You know, when you were describing that it's just, like, incident after incident, it kind of reminds me of, like, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but, like, condensed into a 17-page comic. Yeah. <laughs> this thing happens. That thing happens. There's conflict. 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 <laughs> no one's really seen, are they? <laughs> Royalty that you don't know about. Here's some <laughs> new stuff. Yeah. Weird big spider spiders. monsters. Yeah. Um, it is kind of like that. So they run into Eros, right? Uh, what's his name? Silver Fox? <laughs> what is it? Silver Fox. What is it? Fox Silver? Star Fox. Star Fox. Star and Fox. Mentor, his dad. Yes. A.K.A. Da- AKA Thanos' family. Can you imagine how mad you would be if you had to call your dad Mentor? I was, like- I was like, that's his superhero name like I kept saying I kept thinking they were saying like he's my mentor and I was like why did how does that not come up before (laughs) like how are we never discussing that he's your mentor I didn't get that like his code name was mentor (laughs) I don't know why it's a code name he's just the guy in charge of the planet he's like your king or president (laughs) is it like a title then mentor (laughs) it could be be. he's the only he's the only ruler they ever had because you know they'll they're Eternals, so they live forever. But yeah, maybe that is the title. Marvel actually, uses some trickery um, to get one over on Star Fox, who is oh, not actually Star Fox. Remember when? I love that. So yeah. cute. Remember when I said this? Guess what? I don't. I never said that. And then... Sucker! Um, <laughs> yeah. You are wise, Marvel. You are aware, but it will do you no good, for you must die. <laughs> and then, die. like little kids, they go, you're going to die, and then they run away. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I I definitely love that, too. Oh. And then it... Oh, yeah, it just goes into... I mean... Honestly, it's on y'all to explain what else is happening in this comic. Well, there's a guy in a green suit with little uh spikes on his collar, like the spikes. He's real mad. So, and then there's a a hot girl who isn't cold, which I find surprising. Who's dressed like Cersei. I thought thought it was Cersei at first, right? But it's not her. Yeah, it's Alicia's. Yeah, and... I, yeah, that is true. I love the spikes on the collar. I love his little. I thought at first he was like cyber, cybernetic because that thing on his face. Mm-hmm. But that Me comes too. off later at some point. He takes it off at some point, and there's just normal face underneath. So apparently, it's the world's worst uh, mask or armor. It's like we're just gonna protect like, you right here. He's like, it's fashion. I just like it. <laughs> That's really the only excuse I'll take for it. At yeah. least that makes sense. It's like, all right, you think it's cool. <laughs> That's fine. 
Yeah, this is like proto strife, right? Proto strife oh from the X Men, where there's it's like 15 so... razors on his face, and you're like, I don't know, man. And that helmet with like the 10 feet tall, it's like the po- evil Pope hat. And yelling, <laughs> randomly yelling all of the time. Yeah, they, they have a lot in common. I didn't think about that, but you're right. Yes, he is very much like Strife. <laughs> Stellarax. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Skellarax. I could not remember the name because I was like, Skrillex? <laughs> <laughs> Whole different person. I like the art in here a lot. I think it's super fun. Like you were saying in the last episode, Sarah, they do such a good job of of using pastels and other muted colors in the backdrop so that Drax and Captain Marvel really pop. And I love the way that when, whenever uh, Captain Marvel uses one of his cosmic powers, question mark, his whole face turns into stars. I actually thought that yeah. was really cool. I was yeah, like, that's ah. that whole cosmic awareness thing that he has that I, I always love that effect. But you're right. Cause I'm looking at that page. Like when they first come to that eternity tree and you see that big panel of the tree and, they're like really, you almost don't even see Drax and Marvel. They're just kind of, you just see the after effects of them flying. So the tree is this great colors. And then when they're flying in, the tree is just kind of like this dark, shadowy background. Mm. And it, but you can see them really sticking out there. So that that's cool. I do like that. They mm. did. Yeah, it feels like they did clever work here with, the, with their colors and really uh, understood how best to utilize the... As Sarah was saying, some of it's built into the costumes, but they knew how to use the rest of their panels to make those costumes the best they could be. And you got to love that craft, you know, it's just like, damn, respect. Yeah, it, it's uh, so it's Bob Sharon this time is the colorist, because I mean, I guess I never always thought of it, especially when I was younger. It's like the colorist just puts color on there. OK, you know, Superman's cape is red with the yellow done. But there's more like we saw here. There's more to it than that. It's. You know how you, if it's too much color in one thing, everything's just going to blend together. Or I was listening mm-hmm. to an interview with a colorist, uh, Gregory Wright, earlier today, and he was talking about like, you know, say like, well, if the guy's arm is here, then that means that the light coming from above, the shadow would be here, so we can't have that much color there because it's going to be all shaded. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, there's a lot more thought. Like, I didn't realize, you know, how much has to be put into just the coloring, how much thought has to go into that. Yeah, and how you can kind of sorry to interrupt, Desi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you it. can, so you can kind of tell different colorists apart and the choices that they make, right? Because it's they all seem to have this very unique visual style for the most part. If you see a good colorist, it's like I can definitely I'll see like Jordi Belair colors and be like, I'm pretty sure this is Jordi. And then you look and you're just like, Yep, totally Jordi Belair. The specific choices that they make, and I feel like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's almost like a lost art in a way because a lot of the coloring of the time is like such a different world, I guess, than it is now. So you'll see choices in these old comics that they wouldn't really make today. And, um, you know, for the best and for the worst, like things change over time. But yeah. it, it is very interesting. Um, I, I think that the colorist does a really great job. And once again, I think that Pat Broderick does, you know, really incredible work across these issues. Yeah. So let's see, where were we at? So, yeah, so they, the guys, like we said before, the villain said, you must die, and then run away from Drax to Marvel. <laughs> I, I love that. Run, I, I, in my head, they're giggling as they run away. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is fun. Hee-hee. <laughs> and it's like, well, I let's guess we Let's go tell just... Dad! <laughs> <laughs> and what does Drax and Marvel do? Well, I guess we just keep going on the way they had us going anyway. Let's see what's down here. All right, let's go. <laughs> And they come to Lord Gaia, the Earth God. Yes. And his mud people, I guess I'm going to call them. Looks like Earth demons, I believe, is what he calls them. And I'm like, Earth? I want to talk about this. (laughs) I want to know why it's all Earth-based. And I know what it is. It's like a bad call on the part of the writer. (laughs) Right. But I'm like... Bilbo called them goblins. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Exactly, right? They're like totally Lord of the Rings on me. <laughs> well, I just realized we're going to get Tom Bombadil in a little bit. They just uh, keep coming. I just realized I was going to make a joke saying we don't have a Tom Bombadil, and I realized, no, we do. We're going to get to him <laughs> soon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's yeah. cute. I, I like that, Um, you know, I thought it was like Gaia, how funny, right? Like... <laughs> Gaia, yeah. the Earth goddess, but is like the Earth demon lord. 
who's like kind of, of frog-ish. He looks yeah. like a frog a little bit. But yeah. I like his his helmet. I like his outfit. I think there's lots of fun colors there. Yeah, I like that big. Yeah, it's a weird little like. I don't know. That's a weird thing. It's like a collar with like this straight like metal thing going down and a giant jewel, you know, there. <laughs> because he's proud mm-hmm. of himself. All right, whatever. <laughs> you do you. That's fine. <laughs> he's just threat- threatening them. That's kind of how the issue closes out. And then the next issue. Daddy, has Hulk always been green? Well, no. Daddy, has Spider-Man ever been married? Well, that's quite complicated. Daddy, did Superman have a mullet? What? No, there's no... Daddy, does Howard the Duck use foil language? Okay, stop. I must have done something wrong with your education somewhere along the line, but it's time to rectify that. You mean... Don't say it! You're doing another podcast? Oh, no. Podcast? Yes. Mark's Mess Podcast. An ongoing podcast to introduce and inform my children about the world of comics, science fiction, and general geekery. Join me each month along with my eldest daughter, Charlotte. Where's my fiver? And my youngest, Catherine. Me! As we explore all this together. Find us at marksmesspodcast.blogspot.co.uk On Facebook at marksmesspodcast And on Twitter at marksmesspodcast without the T A new podcast On a new feed Same old Mark <sighs> Captain Marvel number 60 Moon Traps in Paradise Writer Doug Mensch Pencil Pat Broderick Anchor Bruce Patterson Colors, George Rousseau. Letters, Gaspar Saladino. Cover art, Herb Tripp and Irv Watanabe. Editors, Roger Stern and Jim Salakrup. Cover dated January 1979. On sale date, October 24th, 1978, with a cover price of 35 cents. You can find this reprinted in Titans number 26, a 1980 French reprint. Guardians of the Galaxy Solo Classic Omnibus, a 2015 reprint. Marvel Masterworks, Captain Marvel Volume 6, a 2016 reprint, and digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. After learning from Lord Gaia that Isaac is their true foe, Marvel and Drax realize they need to reach his main control room to end this. But first, they need to deal with Gaia and his Earth demons. They choose to ignore him and walk away. But when Gaia attempts to attack while their backs are turned, Drax spins around and quickly blasts him, causing a small cave-in that buries Gaia beneath it. As the two walk away and talk, back on Earth, in a small town in Kentucky, the local police station is besieged by reports of UFOs, and the local police find Celerax's ship. On Titan, Marvel and Drax are back above ground, or as much above ground as they can be on a planet that is actually entirely underground, <laughs> and meet Dionysus. He offers them some wine, which is drugged, but they drink it anyway. Drax passes right out, but Marvel struggles to stay awake until Dionysus smashes the wine jug over his head. He is told he needs to kill the two heroes, but would rather spend his time drinking, allowing Marvel and Drax to be carried away. Turning our attention back to Kentucky, Stellarax and his soldiers harass a small town, telling them to tell the world that they are coming to take over. On Titan, Marvel and Drax wake up to find themselves threatened by Lysias and her pets, two giant snakes and two griffins. I love the the cover of Captain Marvel number 60. I think it's really fun. I don't know if there's a visual guide, but if not, I recommend anybody go look at this because it's pretty fun. It's still the space-born superhero, the new Captain Marvel, of course, but it's a split cover. Like, here's this happening over here, and here's this happening over here, which I always really enjoy. It's cut diagonally. So the first is Captain Marvel and Drax are both just like <laughs> being attacked by gold snakes, I guess. Um, and Drax looks so pissed off. <laughs> Drax is hilarious. If you like zoom in on Drax's facial expression, it is really funny. Um, it is. He's just getting attacked. And of course, the snake has him a very in a very precarious position. And it's moon traps on Titan. Moon traps? All right. So <laughs> underneath, 
close encounters in Kentucky. And it all has like a cop seeing a uh, spaceship flying over his head. And it's just like, to me, A, that cover actually does tell us kind of what's going to happen in this, even though it's kind of hard to track what happens in this comic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it still is, to me, it's a really fun cover. And then, of course, as soon as we jump in on page one, we have, once again, uh, what's this guy's name? The Lord Gaia. Gaia. Lord Gaia. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Lord Gaia. And he's just still yelling things. <laughs> Oh no, he's like, you may have defeated me, Marvel, but I am only one of the many who serve Thanos' master plan. Yeah. A plan pre-programmed before his death into the computer Isaac. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Which at least is the most sensible thing actually in these issues. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm thinking back about those Thanos issues. He could have, he had totally have time to do that to Isaac. Totally. It's the only thing that makes sense. Everything else here is insanity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's good insanity. I'm, I'm we're here for the insanity, but that's it. It's like, oh, yeah, that actually makes sense there. How'd that happen? How'd that slip in? <laughs> yeah. How did something that makes sense make its way into this comic? Um, the editor was not paying attention. <laughs> there's like that. There's a really cool panel where Drax and Marvel are just walking through a tunnel. And I just, I don't know. Oh, I enjoy I it. It's like that. this overhead shot that's like looking down on them while Drax is saying, and though we must remain allies for its duration until Thanos' legacy has been destroyed, the answer to your question is yes. You've done nothing to change my mind, Marvel. There can be nothing you can do to change it, which he's basically still being like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting till the second we're done here. Just in case you like, forgot. All right. Yeah, Marvel at this point doesn't care anymore. He doesn't care. He's literally just like, I guess, bud. That's fine. Whatever. Tell me later. Then, let's fly off because we got, I guess, stuff to do. And then, of course, that's when we go back to Kentucky or we go to Kentucky for the first time. We see a little stargazer who definitely doesn't need a telescope to see that there is an enormous spaceship flying overhead. Yeah. No one else <laughs> has needed it. Why do you? <laughs> yeah. But hey, does that even play into the story? Because it's very, very random, it feels like. Yeah, I feel like the Kentucky pages, I'm just like, I what? <laughs> it's like, this person saw a spaceship. This person's having nookie in a field. This person's a farmer. This person, you're like, okay, and? They're and there like, because... I mean, the whole point is to go to a major city like Washington, D.C. and threaten the world. The whole point of going to Kentucky first is boredom. They want to have fun. <laughs> they got to stop somewhere first so Rick Jones has time to get here from Europe to, you know, be involved. <laughs> you pick one. <laughs> like, none of us were like, well, what's happening on Earth? Like, you didn't have to write it in yet, you know? <laughs> you yeah. wait. <laughs> I, I mean, the only thing I can think of is, what is it, 78? I don't know. The writer saw Smokey and the Bandit wanted to write Buford T. Justice vs. Aliens. Oh, my God. That's pretty much all I can think of. So, I don't know. I, yeah, because the aliens just attacked the cornfields of Kentucky. Did they grow corn in Kentucky? I always think of, like, Kansas. Right, yeah. But I have no idea. Yeah, they, I mean, I feel like... Uh, Kentucky is kind of more like woodland, but you know what? I haven't been in a little while, so. Is anyone out there from Kentucky? Can you tell you us about corn? the corn ratio? Yeah, we yeah. want to know about how much of your your total land mass is producing corn. It's important. I mean, is there a <laughs> lot? Or is it just like, you know, the, the skyscrapers of Denver? <laughs> <laughs> you know, a bunch of artists in New York City is like, I don't know. They grow corn out there so out west somewhere, don't they? Yeah, that's good. Corn. Corn works. <laughs> then we don't, we don't have Google yet. We don't know how to look these. We can't look these things up. <laughs> exactly. I mean, props to them, right? Being an artist during this time. Poof. Um, no, no photo reference other than books, basically. So you, every artist probably had just like stacks of like time life books. Okay. Um, so. Then it's just, you know, Drax and Marvel flying around again, <laughs> saying things, kind of kind of flirting, I guess. Um, and then they, they run <laughs> nice into... Nice walk in the moonlight. 
yeah, yeah, and like I'm gonna kill you, and it's just like, ow. All right. He's, he kept saying he was gonna kill him, but then Marvel realized what he meant when he said, "I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they as run you into wish. it. As It'll you work wish. out. I I think it's gonna all work out. I think that's what's going through Captain Marvel's head. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> Everything's chill. So they run into Dionysus, um, who's <laughs> just getting, getting wasted. Wasted, he's just yeah. Bombed. He's like party they time. Actually, he's drinking so much that they smell the wine, like maybe a whole page of panels before they see him. <laughs> yes, it's great. <laughs> What's that smell? Wine. I'm like, I would like to be like that. I would <laughs> like for people to know I'm in the vicinity because they're like, "What's that smell? Wine." Oh, Essie's on the way. <laughs> there we go. There they are. Yeah, I mean, Dionysus, he has his own charms, that's for sure. He gives Drax a drink of wine, and Drax's face just lands on his face. <laughs> Passes out immediately. Like, just because it's not po- proves it's not poison doesn't mean you have to drink the w- drinks that the vi- supervillains give you. Like, yeah, that's all. It's doing? like, well, he offered it. Well, was I going to say no? <laughs> yeah. Also, like... I- it felt like so weird for it to be wine too. I was like, I can't think of a lot of moments in comics and and I mean, tell me where I'm wrong, y'all. Like with where like wine is like the thing that the superheroes drink when they're thirsty. Yeah. So I was like, is this like a like a condemnation of like, ooh, kids, don't drink wine, you'll get poisoned by Dionysus. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, mean, I can't really think of wine. I mean, it, you know, I'm trying to think of the ones that we see drink the most, like. Wolverine, but that's all beer and beer and more beer. Um, Thor's mead, maybe Hercules, maybe. I guess maybe Hercules. Yeah. I mean, the only time I can think of like someone drinking a version of wine would be like for some reason in my head I'm seeing images of Sandman. Oh yeah, that does feel very Sandman. Yeah. You know, because Sandman's also about the drama, right? So you need like a a big glass of wine to swish as you're you're being kind of bitchy like that. That feels right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's oh definitely. God. I can definitely see desire there of a whole thing of wine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Dionysus smacks he, Captain Captain Marvel is about ready to break the jug, right? And then he's just like, "Don't break the jug, at least not until it's empty." So he chugs it and then <laughs> smashes it over Marvel's head, which is pretty pretty key. I enjoy that. <laughs> it's like finish first, <laughs> and then like a drink. bunch of like Peter. Pan elves come out of the bushes yeah. and yeah. carry them off. Like you're just like, who are these people? What is? What they is don't happen- look anything like Dionysus. What is happening? The That's- evil Kibo elves are here to take the, take them prisoner. Because <laughs> Dionysus can't go because it's I have better things to do. There are still 23 hours in the day and five jugs on the board. <laughs> I'm like, busy. Drinking the dew. You know, life goals. Life goals. I would love for there to be a point in my life where I'm like, you know what? I can't I can't keep doing whatever it is I'm doing because you know what? I got to get wasted. It's important <laughs> to me that I don't waste this 6 a.m. appointment with alcohol. <laughs> that time is called college. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Touche. <laughs> and I can relate to Dionysus back then very much. <laughs> Smash. Hilarious. So then they go back to Kentucky where we've got Pa with a shotgun. There's oh, a God. very cute, the the alien is extremely cute and pops up outside. And of course this person is just like, I'm going to blast him. And it's like, come on, this is such a cute alien. Why would you blast him just because it's outside of your window? Come on. Yeah, um, like an asparagus of eyes. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, a hundred percent. I I oh see God, why I would so be the one cute. to be like, why are we calling for violence? Because that's usually me in every story. I'm just like, why is violence the thing that we go to right now? Um, but especially with this little buddy, I mean, come on, it's like so cute. Uh, but nothing happens. They try to shoot, but doesn't doesn't land. So, and then the aliens warn them, "We're here to invade your planet." All right, we're out of here. And I'm like, oh, you're so cute. <laughs> you could That's invade the... my house anytime, you adorable little alien. <laughs> I can't stop it. They are little. I just realized I'm looking at them. They're all like, they all come up like the most, like the, the guy's chest, upper yeah. chest. Like they're not that big. 
Like, I'm sorry, if a bunch of children surrounded me and were like, I'm invading your planet, I'd be like, oh, that's precious. And that's like what (laughs) their children sized. I would not be impressed. Yeah. They're pinching their cheeks going, oh, who's the little baby? They're so cute. You could take over whatever you want. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have some M&M's. Exactly. (laughs) I literally don't know what happens on the next several pages (laughs) i have read them but i am baffled and the um the love interest what's her name alicia's yeah she shows up in again she looks very cold in these ones she's constantly covering her like crossing her arms and like well give her a coat uh and then i don't know what she does she like hangs out with isaac and some other bots and then yells silence drone (laughs) yeah i'm not sure where she comes i mean this is the first time i've seen her before so i don't know if she's somebody that isaac brought in or if she was one of the people who still was alive on titan that he convinced like hey why don't you work with me and thanos instead of you know your planet okay because i'm not really sure because we don't really know we just know she apparently has this temple paradise area with snakes and griffins she loves animals Relatable. Yeah. So, I mean, she loves them, but on the other hand, when the snakes get killed, she's not really that upset. And... Okay, she loves the griffins. Let's let's be real. Yeah. I don't think she cares for the snakes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Drax and Marvel wake up at her temple, and she's like, I'm Elysius, the ruler of paradise, and we're going to kill you. You are trespassing. Because Very I heard you brought- big. Oh, sorry. Very big Cersei vibes here. Cersei mm-hmm. of Greek legend, right? Where yes. it's just like, haha, here's my weird alien. Uh, or sorry, here's my weird a- animals. And we'll see, I guess, what happens next issue. <laughs> I mean, the griffins are like the last panel and they are so cool looking. Yeah. And she's like, you know, so cool. My pets do not like it is the final line. And you're just like, okay. I like I like you. Keep going. I like yeah. you. Why doesn't this comic have more of you? All right, our bags are packed and we got the snacks. It's time for the Longbox Crusade road trip to the Longbox Mobile crew. Check on. Check on. on. Dang it. Everyone buckled up. Here we go. Well, now that the garage is empty, Gene will have more space to record episodes of LBC to regulars, the indexing of the Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes TV series. Oh, no. Did anyone remember to leave Clinton some food down in the basement? He's going to need it as he makes more episodes of Fan Film Fridays, his ongoing look at online fan films. Why are you speaking in such a scripted manner, Dark Web? Anyway, you can relax. I asked Rick, or was it Jeff? Who can remember? I asked the attic guy to come down from time to time to check in on Clinton. You know, take some breaks from recording Monday Movie Muck About, his movie review show. Weasel's call. Did you give Rick the key to the basement? Key. Sounds like LBC headquarters is in good hands, Death Probe. Right you are, Christados. Oh, Pat, can we stop off at KB Toy Store? I'm going to pick up some Transformers and G.I. Joes. They remind me of Transformers Chronicles and G.I. Joe Chronicles. Our show's going through the Marvel run of Transformers comics and the Devil's Due run of Joe comics. Well, while you guys are doing that, we can also stop by a Blockbuster video and get some tapes to watch for action film face-off. That's the show where we discuss two action films and have them duke it out to see which one is the episode champion. Is that VHS or beta? Eh, either one's fine. We've got a lot of stops to make, but if we can, let's squeeze in the Walden books and score some comics for us to talk about on Crusader Chronicles, the show where we move chronologically through the Amazing Spider-Man comics and include a bonus issue from the same release date as the Spidey we're covering. I will definitely keep an eye out for our Walden books. It'll come in handy for the pure Longbox Crusade episodes, our time capsule show where we take a deep dive into a randomly selected comic and talk about news, music, and movies and ads that were popular when the books were released. I'll also be on the lookout for our electronic boutique, EB, if you guys don't know the lingo back then, so we can get some more comic-related video games for us to discuss on Comics to Council Crusade. Good thinking. If time permits, let's hit Circuit City. I need more positrons for our pop culture positcast show. The one where we find all the good stuff in pop culture that others seem to poo-poo. Positrons? Shut up and go with it. These old-timey, out-of-business store jokes doing anything for you folks? Well, if you like old-timey stuff, we also offer Saturday Matinee Theater. 
our look back at old TV shows, serials, and films that have kind of been forgotten. I think that about covers it. We definitely want to be your road trip crew, folks. Whether it's your commute to work or a road trip of your own, why not pass the time with us, your friends at the Long Box Crusade? Once again, that's Long Box Crusade, available on all your finer podcatchers. Good job, team. I'm getting hungry. Pat, stop at the next Kenny Rogers Roasters that you see. Or Pentagons. Burger Chef! Captain Marvel 61. Chaos in the Pit. Writer, Doug Mensch. Pencils, Pat Broderick. Inker, Bruce Patterson. Colors, Bob Sharon. Letters, Jim Novak. Cover art by Pat Broderick and Joe Rubenstein. Editor, Roger Stern. Cover dated March 1979. On sale date December 19th, 1978. With a cover price of 35 cents. You can find this reprinted in Titans number 27, a 1980 French reprint, Guardians of the Galaxy Solo Classic Omnibus, a 2015 reprint, Marvel Masterworks Captain Marvel Volume 6, a 2016 reprint, and digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. While Drax is trapped in the coils of a giant snake, Marvel faces off against Elysius and her two griffins, basically lions with eagle heads and wings. Elysius gives Marvel a chance to prove why she shouldn't kill them both, and he's able to remain calm enough to win over her griffins, which works. Now on their side, Elysius takes them on her skyship to confront Isaac. On Earth, Rick Jones and his girlfriend Gertie have made their way to Kentucky to see the aftereffects of the alien attack. They learn that the invaders have said, first Earth, then Titan, and hearing that they are now attacking Washington, D.C., head there. Back on Titan, Elysius, Marvell, and Drax have made their way to where Isaac is holding the Titans captive and free them, with all of them now helping against Isaac's drones. However, they are too late to stop Isaac's most powerful creation from emerging from the life baths. Chaos, the deity of space. He separates Marvell from the others and sends him to face Chaos's brother, Tartarus, god of the abyss. A giant mass of tentacles with one big eye. Marvell is able to defeat Tartarus, while Elysius and Drax figure out how to defeat Chaos by entering his heart. Chaos defeated, it turns out the fight against Tartarus was just an illusion, and Marvel was fighting nothing but ducks and cable. But he is now in the heart of Isaac's circuitry, and is able to use his cosmic awareness to shut him down. Mostly. However, while Isaac is defeated, if he can't do anything anymore, he decides to do nothing, including maintaining Titan's automatic life functions. Mentor tells Marvel that they can hold out for now, and sends him and Drax back to Earth, to deal with Stellarax and his army. The next issue has her on the cover, and it's called The Wrath of Chaos, which, yeah, I don't know. I guess it kind of tells you a little bit, like, Marvel's in, like, a weird whirlpool. There's, like, the, the vastness of space beneath him, and I don't know, I guess, like, the villain of the issue is there with some very colorful smoke behind him, and... Yeah, Elysius is like reaching towards Marvel. Both Marvel and Elysius look very distressed, and villain of the issue is making like a kind of face. Oh yeah, he's doing the maniacal laughter, and he looks. He doesn't he look like uh, if you uh, Sarah? I mean, Essie might know it too, but I just know you've been with the way your brain works, Sarah. You probably remember easier the Shaper of Worlds. Yeah, a little bit. So I was like confused at first because I was like, wait, who is this character? Because that's who I thought it was at first. Yeah. I don't know, Essie, do you know the Shaper of Worlds? Nope. He's a cosmic power being. The top half looks like a scroll, and the bottom half is a robotic cube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I got scroll vibes, so I was right there with you on the scroll piece. So Yeah. <laughs> now, granted, apparently, as far as we can see in the issue, none whatsoever, actually. He just looks like one. Yep. But yeah, that's what I got out of that. Because that's like the only cosmic-powered scroll like that I could think of. The name of this issue is Chaos in the Pit. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, and it starts with her just kind of yelling. Her griffins are there. Drax is wrapped in a snake still. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with some interesting teeth. Because it's just like teeth teeth. like Not like any <laughs> snake I've seen. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole mouth of teeth. I'm just like, whoa, buddy. And um, this is like... It's too bad I have to kill you. You are pretty cute. (laughs) 
Yeah, which I appreciate. I like Alicia. She is really she's funny. She's so funny. Oh, she even was, in the she future. Was like a fun part. Yeah, Sorry. even in the future, they try really hard to, I feel like, villainize her. I feel like she is constantly kind of in this, like, this weird space of, you know, doing weird things, I guess. But I do enjoy her a lot. Every time she shows up, she really does just kind of, like, yell things <laughs> and be awesome. She, in this one, she goes, I give you this chance. Prove to me why I should not allow my beasts to slay you. And then the Griffins are all like, purr. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm going to get real calm. I'm, Marvel's like, I'm going to get so calm. I'm going to get so calm. These Griffins can feel my vibes. And the Griffins are like, we do feel your vibes. You are great. Pet me. <laughs> he goes full on Beastmaster. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, okay, you're cool. And she's like, all right, you know what? I don't argue with the Griffins. You're cool. They like you. I like you. Good enough for me. This I'm, this I'm like that. I see people like I, I met at work and normally I don't want to talk to them like they had their dog with them. Like, OK, you keep talking to me now. Dog's here. I'm going to pet the dog. So <laughs> as long as that's happening, you can keep talking. <laughs> this issue is off the rails. And I say that having read the last several issues and being <laughs> like, these are off the rails. But this is one where I'm just like, truly, the plot is like. We're just popping through different things that are happening. <laughs> and, because, uh, why? Because they jump in this big boat to fly sky the ship? sky, of, which is, remember, not really the sky, because they're still inside a planet. Right. But the, the best part is that is that page. So we got that page when we first see the boat. The, third, the first panel on the bottom row, it's the griffin, like, jumping in. To the, the like climbing into the boat, like my like the dog jumping up on the bed. <laughs> it's so cute, and it's so funny because it's like it's a griffin that can fly. <laughs> exactly, but it's still. But I like love a, its like little a... butt doing that. It's like. <laughs> yeah, in here there is like Isaac seeks to destroy my new home, the Earth, and I'm like, oh right, that is the plot. <laughs> oh yeah, we forgot about I guess, that. I guess that is what's happening here. Uh, PJ's robot is trying to destroy the Earth. PJ's robot. Oh my god. <laughs> and speaking of Earth, that's right. We go back to Kentucky, where apparently our uh, hillbilly guy is still in somewhat catatonic, and he's been catatonic long enough for Rick Jones to remember to get here from Europe. Yeah, what is Rick Jones the Continental? Right, like he's all over the place. Well, that's what they do with him. Every time you see him in this series, he's at Mordecai P. Boggs, guys, putting him on tour somewhere. And then Rick has to leave. <laughs> and then he goes back on tour. And then he's back on tour. And then he comes, leaves tour again. That's all he does. And I like how he conned the cops into letting him show up. Hey, where'd you say you're from again? Uh, U-Force. We'll show you our credentials later. Yeah, that's hilarious. I didn't catch that. I was like, what is U-Force? <laughs> Unidentified Flying Objects Research Center. I think you just made that up right then and there. I've never heard of it. Not bad. Not bad. I like that it's also a lot of like Rick. The rest of the comic is like a lot of Rick driving like really fast (laughs) and yelling. Yes. Well, you know he's got to get to Washington D.C. in like ten hours from Kentucky. You know before the before all the cores goes bad. Wait, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, they're still basing this on smoking the bandit. I think. I would agree. Because she's Sally, because Gertie is Sally Field, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like a classic, meanwhile, <laughs> Captain Marvel does his cute little pose where he's got his little leg out, his little booty stuck out to the side. Love it. And then Elysius and Marvel and Drax are like, let's go beat up Isaac. And then there's just Griffins tearing up like androids, and you're just like, get him, get him. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> I do love that. It's like, okay, the Griffins will get take care of the droids. Don't worry. Rawr. Good boys. Marvel is a himbo, right? <laughs> like, I think so. I think Possibly, yeah. So I could, I, I could, I could be, I could be, I could be persuaded to on that argument. <laughs> I'm like, is Isaac a himbo? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Isaac shows up and starts yelling things again on a TV screen. Um, yeah. No sign of the pajamas at this at this point. Just a disembodied not. head, yeah. And I love I love Alicia's here. He's like, I have all these things I can use. She's like, Oh yeah, remember the thing you you had me design that controls everything? Turn it off. And all <laughs> no. the robots just drop down. 
<laughs> yeah, hand on her hip, like, mm, what now? <laughs> like, all right, war's done, right? <laughs> but somehow, a bunch of them are still alive. So I don't get it. The nope. two shatter. Oh, sorry. The tube shatters from within, releasing the de- the demonic miasma of chaos, which is the person who we saw on the cover. Uh, that's hilarious. I just love that they threw the word miasma on in this because it's like when you're whenever I was like a little kid, I would read comics and I would have to use the dictionary because they throw in some goofy words sometimes yep. <laughs> to be like, haha. It's just I remember like, that. I'm like, I don't know what this means. I gotta look this up. Yeah. Everybody is a Chris Claremont. Like, everybody is trying to Claremont us. <laughs> what is yeah, Chaos doing? Where most of the, that's where most of those words came from. I realized Claremont, X-Men, and New Mutants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Isaac is back with his pajamas, and I, he's oh. yelling at Chaos. <laughs> and, Engulf them in... Oh, sorry, you, you do it. No, 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 you do it. You do it. Oh, okay. Engulf them in the very essence of your being. Destroy them. <laughs> what does that mean? So then there's a Cthulhu. What? I guess I don't have much to add to that. There's just a Cthulhu. Like <laughs> like an eye creature with tentacles that just pops but, up. But they have it be Tartarus. Oh, yes, that's right. His name is. Yeah, that's right. He sends him into space and then makes a whirlpool in space that sucks in Marvel only. And he finds giant one-eyed octopus creature. I scorn you and your boast of death. (laughs) (laughs) A most fitting elegy, mortal, now die. (laughs) I love it. Well, everyone else, so, and while all the Titan people are fighting the drones who apparently woke back up, it's fight, 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 fight. So everyone's fighting. Everyone's fighting, but yeah, it's definitely like, to what end is this happening? Um, There's such a cute panel that is all negative space, and it's like the silhouettes of everybody fighting, and they just look like they're having a great party. Oh, yeah, And I'm like, yeah, get down. What are they listening to? I want to go to that party. (laughs) What else happens? That's the Lila (laughs) Cheney party, I think, going on down there. Oh, yeah, Lila Cheney is living it up. Okay, but, then chaos moves into his now I'm solid white form, <laughs> which is yeah, I I don't know. And then Elysius is like, no, stop him, Drax, do something with his heart. And Drax is like, oh okay, I could do stuff to his heart. <laughs> we have to fly into his heart. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the stuff in these issues, I mean, like, they have some really cool, crazy concepts, but, like, the everything's very, like, we will beat them because we must beat them. Okay, we beat them. Yeah, we're exactly. doing this now. Down to now we're this. doing this. Yeah, because, I mean, the whole thing with, with uh, Marvel beating Tartarus is just like, well, he's death, and light, you know, the sunlight brings light, life, so I'm going to shoot him with life. And that kills him. Yay! And then he, like changes into a computer duct like i don't i don't I know what that means all, i think it was all just illusion who was I mean, doing the, the illusion i think chaos just makes illusions i think that's what? i think i don't think he was actually sending them to space or anything i think he just was like doing things and making an illusion thinking it was in space so he'd really just kick marvel downstairs into the bottom of the computer <laughs> marvel like if you actually couldn't see the illusion marvel is just like fighting these you know the air ducts and whatever. That's hysterical. I love that theory. You know, they, he thinks he's fighting this monster and he's like picking it up and pushing it around and it, it's really doing nothing. <laughs> the I, air I, ducts. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that it's just chaos. Just like panel after panel of like, I don't know, he jumps in a really cute way where he has both his like, or no, it's just one knee, but it looks kind of like he has both his knees tucked in and he's like, woo, keesh. Marvel, I don't know. I don't. Who is who's yelled Marvel? I don't even. Not even clear. Yeah. Oh, when he dumps out through the screen, yeah, because he apparently breaks, uh, turns Isaac's hologram off. So hologram, Isaac can only yell from the screen now. No more pajamas. He basically <laughs> grounded him. He's like, back to your room. No more and pajamas. no cute pajamas because you don't know how to behave in them. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Alicia's to saying Marvel because she has the big gloves on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought the whole person was blue. That's why I was like, I don't know who this is. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
I also yes. like the way that in this issue, uh, the artist, whenever you close up on Drax's face, it looks completely different than the rest of the comics. And it's like so serious. You're like, oh, Drax, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> serious. He is, how serious. Serious. He is not. He, he has no patience for the ridiculousness. <laughs> oh no and it basically just ends on Alicia's being like what's up though and giving Marvel a kiss and he's just like what not Star Fox and she's like not when you're around and it's just like oh <laughs> she's keeping her options open which I appreciate <laughs> yeah and, respect. yeah I like that and I like nice. her but uh yeah, once again. And then, so they give a little kiss, and then at the end, Drax is like, well, now that you've got a lot to live for, guess what? I'm still going to murder you. <laughs> he's like, I yeah. like that Drax is like, I do have a very clear mission here. It's to kill Marvel. And Marvel's just like, all right, bro, let, let's go to the next place. Just murder me when we get there. It's fine. <laughs> murder me like, Yes, very much. I'm sure you'll kill me tomorrow. That's fine. Whatever. I mean, Who's you can a big see that mean from... Drax? <laughs> you are. <laughs> you can see that from that last line. Yes, Drax. A pity. And you know, he's saying like that. Yes, Drax. A pity. Oh, you have to kill yeah. me. <sighs> like, just kill me already. Stop talking about it. Yeah. Kill me or kiss me. Decide. I know you're having a hard time. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got. I got. You know, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. I have. I have options. Apparently, so. <laughs> loved it i mean do i know what happened or why the different events of the comics are in the sequence they are absolutely not no nope. clue and it's delightful nonetheless it's just chaos and insanity <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's chaos fun. and literal chaos <laughs> chaos and chaos and chaos People. i thought that it was pretty fun too i like alicia's the most i wish that oh, there was yeah. way more of alicia's i think she's really fun i love her griffins i love everything about her Let and sarah century write the alicia standalone i will yeah. do it and i would kill it um, yeah, i like her <laughs> I, I unfortunately i mean like unless if you, you have seen her in which case tell me i really haven't seen much of her after the death of captain marvel she was I mean, in um, the Marvel, the Captain Marvel series that was written by Peter David, which is like, you know, take it that? with a take it with a grain of salt, isn't she? Yeah, because it's uh, that's where we first meet Philavel, and oh, maybe oh, you're I think you're right. I mean, I read that, but that's been so long. It's pretty goofy, remember. and it's definitely. I mean, that's how it is with like a lot of PADs stuff. It really just doesn't hold up too good, but also it's. Um, she's in it more at least and then of course she's kind of the way that it's played off is she's I don't know it's you know you know that that writer style <laughs> basically yeah. um, so it's kind of jokey I guess but she's also kind of a bad mom and like all of this but I'm just like I don't know she's she's one of those characters that's like a little bit too cool for the books you know like I feel like her getting a level up would make uh these comics like look a lot more ridiculous because it's just like uh... I am really crossing my fingers that somehow she shows up in Guardians at some point. Ooh, that'd be cool because Kyla, I mean, right? Like exactly. Go, go see mom. Why not? Go see your problematic mom. <laughs> go see mom. Bring, go bring see Moon your Dragon hot home. Mom. Bring Moon Dragon home. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought that these were good. I don't know. They were so goofy. I did still have a lot of fun. And, of course, talking about them is always fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the goofiness is what makes it so tolerable. Yeah. Not tolerable, but, I mean, it makes it better. Yeah. If this were, like, played super straight, it'd be like, mm -mm. <laughs> this is not yeah. working. It could get it's boring. Like, the appeal is the absurdity, you know? And, like, if you can giggle at it, that's what makes them so fun. Like, lighting all of Denver on fire and then just flying away is super funny. Like, why Why would anyone do that? <laughs> why not? Like, why would a hero do that? Because <laughs> he's yeah. busy. God damn it. He's got things to do. <laughs> I gotta go to Titan now. I don't have time to... F I'm done playing here. I'm gonna go play there now. A robot in pajamas called me. Do you not get the urgency of the situation? Robot in pajamas. You think I'm going to stay here for a fire? 
<laughs> Boring. Call Namor, okay? <laughs> Namor's like, it's a landlocked state. What do you want from me? I don't I'm care. I'm not going there. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Denver. I don't know if they even show Denver again really much until you get to, uh, what, the second Spider-Woman? Yeah. Oh, man. Denver. <laughs> I feel like what's fun about the comics is they're kind of like a sick rip on Denver. I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're right. That is what everyone looks like. You're right. <laughs> this time our feedback is about episode 148, part one of our Wilderness Years coverage, in which we talked about Hulk Annual 6, Doctor Strange 27, and Spectacular Spider-Man 15 with John M. Wilson. On Facebook, the post about the episode got likes and shares from Ranger Gord, Joe Sedano, Jesse Starcher, Gene Hendricks, Ruth Sutherland, Caleb Alexander McKenzie, and John M. Wilson. On Twitter, it got likes and retweets from Anti-Wife Equation, Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast, Doc Strange, Stop, Let's Team Up, a comic podcast, Into the Night, Ray, The Terrible Hook, Viet Huynh, Toys and Sometimes Jokes, Last Sons of Krypton, Alan Sharp, Connor McKenna, Capes and Lunatics, Ghost Spider Groupies, Dear Watchers, a Comics Omniverse podcast, Jason Snick Venable, Ed Moore, and John Reed's Comics Yo. If you're looking to hear from me besides on this show, well, you can find me pretty much every week on the L-E-G-I-O-N-P-O-D-Cast. On that show, we are covering the late 80s, early 90s DC sci-fi series Legion. That's the one the acronym, not Legion Superheroes. And you can find that on the Legion of Substitute Podcasters feed. Links in the show notes. Now, if you want to hear your name said before, well, here's how you do it. Just like and share our posts on Facebook. You just go to our Facebook page, just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos in the Facebook search box, and our page will pop up. On Twitter, follow us there, at AdamThanosPod. You, of course, can go to our Tumblr page, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com, and you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be pretty awesome. It's been a while since I had one, so I wouldn't mind reading yours. And, of course, you can send us an email, resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. In fact, we do have an email about this episode, so hold on, let me bring it up. And this email is from David Spothorff, who was the co-host uh, last episode. He helped cover Avengers 174, and this is what he had to say. I have some fond memories of the Hulk annual at the Enclave. The relationship between the Hulk and Dumb Magician is one I've always found quite touching. And imagining that the Hulk had just stopped by before the story for a cup of Wong's tea is quite fun. It is also notable that I first read this story serialized in Mighty World of Marvel. It was a rare example of an annual being reprinted, they were normally ignored in the reprinting schedule. The Razorback Saga was another fondly remembered tale that, again, I read as serialized in Marvel UK. Back then, though, I hadn't read any of the early stories of either Hatemonger or Man-Beast, so that big reveal was a bit lost on me, I'm afraid. The Doctor Strange story wasn't, as I recall, ever reprinted in the UK, but I had read it before. In fact, I read the whole story just a few weeks ago in a Doctor Strange epic collection. A couple of notable things there. Doc's Ankh symbol first appeared in Doctor Strange number 4 when he was first appointed Sorcerer Supreme. It was a sign of enduring life and his newfound immortality. Hence its appearance in issue 28, denoting Doc's status as Champion of Life, replacing the deceased Adam, to be the counterbalance against death that the in-betweener needed. The other thing I noted with surprise is that you didn't mention that Starlin wrote a few of the earlier issues in this story, right up to the cliffhanger appearance of the in-betweener in issue 26. It makes me wonder what Starlin had in mind before handing off to Roger Stern, as those Starlin issues were full of trademark Starlin weirdness. Cheers, David. Oh, David, I actually didn't know Starlin had written any Doctor Strange, really, let alone the issues that were leading up to this. So, well, that makes sense now that with the Inbetweener appearance, since he created the Inbetweener, but also the fact that, like you said, about the Ankh showing that he's the champion of life, since Adam was the last one, like you said, he is now dead. So, well, connections I didn't realize. That's cool. I'm have to go back and check out those Doctor Strange issues to see if I can see anything, any connections to what we read. Thank you. And before we finish up the episode, just want to let you know that this show is part of The Collective. The Collective was started by a few like-minded podcasters who wanted to network in the most traditional sense. It has become a repository for ideas, crossovers, and potential guest appearances. In fact, you are going to hear a promo from one of The Collective shows right now. 
We are Venomaniacs is the Venom Scythe official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point of views about Venom-related comics, movies, television, animation, and merchandise. We are available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Google Play Music, and YouTube. Join us, won't you? Don't worry, everyone. We will be back next episode to wrap up this whole insanity of Captain Marvel and the Thanos legacy. Which I'm actually kind of believing that Thanos probably had a couple different plans, and Isaac just was like, "I'm going to do all of them." Because <laughs> if you're simultaneously, trying to think about it, yeah. If I'm trying to think about it, it's the only thing that kind of makes sense. Because Thanos is not this messy with his plans. So the only thing that works is that he had like five or six contingency plans, and Isaac's like, "I'm just going to do them all." <laughs> Done. Oh, Isaac. All of us will be back next episode with more Marvel, more Drax, more Isaac, more pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> we should all wear pajamas for it. Way ahead of you. Yeah, I should have known. <laughs> I should have known. So I was like, I'm still wearing them. What are you talking about? <laughs> I haven't stopped. I actually look a lot like Isaac right now. <laughs> All right. Well, before we finish up, anyone want to tell tell our listeners where they can find you guys in case they want to hear more from you in between the episodes? Okay. Yes. How about this, Tara? You <laughs> tell people what you. an Instagram that you can follow, and um, yeah, we're on all of the plot uh, the podcast. <laughs> we're on all of we're on all of the podcast podcasts. Platforms. Um, <laughs> so enjoy looking up those if they exist. And yeah, we're we're on like episode ninety. We've got quite a backlog for you if you are interested. And then also we've been doing our story a day queer speculative fiction anthology, Decoded Pride, which you can look up at decodedpride.com. And uh, you know, there's plenty of other places to find us. You could follow at queer spec on Twitter. And yeah, I, I'm on Twitter personally <laughs> as Sarah Century. And what about you, Essie? I am on Twitter and Instagram at, at SE underscore Fleenor. And like Sarah said, come join us at Bitches on Comics. We love new listeners and we enjoy talking comics. And thank you so much for having us here. This has been really, really fun. Oh, well, thank you for being here. This Again, for me, this has been a lot of fun, which is the whole point of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes, everyone, go check out those things. Links will be in the show notes. So just go scroll down, click, and listen. We make it simple. Yes. All right. And that's all for this time. We'll see everyone next next episode. Bye. 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 Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended, or happening, or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Can I um, play something for you too? I got a get my first birthday present today, uh-huh. and it's <laughs> it's a screaming goat that sits on my desk, and then I push it, and it screams. <laughs> I love that. Where where did it come from? It's just a screaming goat. Yeah, I have no idea. The person who sent it to me is someone I work with at one of my many jobs. Um, and it comes with this little booklet, which is a pocket guide to screaming goats. Is is it on like a little like little stand? 
Yeah, and it's on a little like um, almost like a. It's supposed to look like a um, stump. A stump. Yep. Yeah. I, I just found it. Ooh. Yes. I, I, I am. I might have to buy one of these. It's so funny. I love That's, it. It is awesome. Oh, so now like I, I got two episodes out of this, and I have money spent and money spent. Awesome. 